Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing, amazing dude with an amazing company that create unbelievable product. On top of that, you'll find that their customer service is second to none. Great stuff over there, and you can save yourself some money as well by entering discount code BIGMX20 at checkout to save yourself 20%. WSA, all things wheels. John Anderson, Kristen Anderson over there. Honestly, great people, and I can't say enough good thing about their product. Fantastic wheels, and on top of that, you can just go ahead and buy yourself a set of spokes, a set of rims, or even grab yourself some hubs right off the website. And when you order through W, if you mention Big MX Radio, you're also going to save yourself 10%. You can save 30% with Faction Supply with discount code BigMXRadio at checkout. All one word, BigMXRadio, save yourself 30% on Faction Supply. They've got some really cool duds to make you looking really cool when you're uh, you're in the pits or just some awesome casual wear. But they also have gloves that you as well as I know. Gloves are really tough to really dial in and, and find your perfect set of pair of gloves. In fact, there's a lot of guys out there who will wear the same pair of gloves for basically as long as they possibly can. That's, the, that's exactly what the situation you'll run into with Faction Supply. They have really cool colors and the gloves themselves, they just work. Also on board with us is Epoxyit. If you're in Southern California and you need a brand new floor, get your floor redone by our friends over at Epoxyit. They do amazing work, they work extremely fast, and the product is always incredible when it's done. You're gonna really have you're gonna be really happy with the finished product when you call up Epoxyit. Also on board with us as a brand new sponsor, I am pleased and proud to say that we are on board with Maple Ridge Motorsports. Maple Ridge Motorsports. Maple Ridge Motorsports, located in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, is your one-stop shop for all things moto, and they are your family fun store. Go check them out online or go in and meet their friendly staff today. Go check those guys out. Unbelievable organization. Can't say enough good things about Sandra as well as Troy and their son Devin and Maddie over there as well. They are all amazing people, and if you're looking for something for your motocross bike or body, they probably have it. Go check out Maple Ridge More Sports today. All right, now let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Detroit Supercross pregame show. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these shows, and same like the two of my co-hosts. First and foremost, we have to get to the guy who's going to take an absolute beating tonight. He's off in Pluto. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's absolutely out to lunch and everything else in between. He is the 1990 East Coast 125 Supercross champion, uh, but he is completely out of his mind. Denny Stevenson, Denny, welcome back to the show. Fantastic to be here tonight. We've had a wonderful week of uh, arguments between Checkers and I, my good friend. Uh, the sound of no reason, Berg. And uh, I'm in Arizona for the week with my son for a little vacation with seeing some family. So I'm ready for tonight. Everybody's better bring it tonight. It's going to be heavy. heavy. Well, leave it to us to completely ruin your vacation uh, by proving you wrong time and time and time again. Uh, also joining us uh, for the, I believe, the eighth show here, uh, or maybe this is the ninth now, uh, for YouTube Live. He is the voice of Riesenberg from Race Tech. You have none other than Checkers. Checkers, how's it going? Pretty good. That's right, Denny. It's going to be heavy, just like me. Not with just me, but with facts. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get ready to rumble. 
It's time. Oh, two, two will enter. No, there are no winners in all of this, to be completely honest. Um, but we are really excited to have this show again. Uh, we've already got some people watching on YouTube Live, and we appreciate everyone for doing exactly that. I want to kick things off with a segment that is brought to you by Racetech. Race 6 suspension engine is the choice for the fastest privateers in the entire world and a source of, uh, of a bunch of factory and OEM programs that we can't even talk about. You can you can visit them right down in, uh, in California or you can visit one of your local uh, service centers that are extremely knowledgeable and can help you out, help you drop your lap times uh, like I hope to this week, this, this summer when I hunt down yet another vet championship here in manitoba but it's time for the race tech rap rapid rapid recap with our friend checkers checkers take it away yeah we're gonna take a quick look back at a very ruddy and gnarly indianapolis track starting it off with the cheesy headline of the week rocks and tames gnarly track and dinosaur in indianapolis kenny gives hep motorsports their first main event win Denny, um, I know you had to get right in front of this thing right away this week and uh, had made some bold statements. And shocker, you were wrong. What did you think? Yeah, that was, uh, man, I had to get in front of that quick. I was watching that that main event. And let's say, uh, let's be honest, Kenny rode phenomenal. Uh, got out front, rode that that rut down the middle of the whoops like a damn uh, Olympic uh, gymnast. Great balance. Uh, the bike worked great. The HEP team did great. Justin Souls did fantastic. And uh, I ate a lot of crow all week uh honestly it, it seemed like every idiot who was a kenny roxon fan was coming out of the woodwork to let them remind me that i fucked up and was wrong but uh it was an outstanding ride um nothing i can't say anything against that i think it's more about the fact that i just didn't think the motorcycle could get it done i didn't think a 2018 rm uh, 450 could uh, could win a main event i didn't think it was capable of beating the other factory bikes and as much as i'm wrong i think that these other teams need to take, take a good look in the mirror and just realize they got beat by a a five-year-old bike with bolt-on parts they bought at the shop. So um, it's a great ride for Heb. Happy for them. Happy for Kenny. And uh, yeah, I, I guess now I'm going to have to say, call me when he wins too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that Chad didn't want to take your uh, double or nothing bet. So I guess you owed the Reeds $100 because you know I he do. needs that yeah, money. I was, I was hoping for an autograph set of gear to give away a Moto X Dream. And uh, it ends up I had to owe Chad 100 bucks. So bummer um moving on in the 250 class lawrence runs away and requests silence in indianapolis hunter unchallenged by the track or the media in indy brad um you kind of brought it up to us about a little uh press conference thing with uh hunter lawrence and nate thrasher and then um i mean he was great on the track but maybe not so great with the pr department yeah, well, I really don't understand uh, the the silencing of maybe one of the most compelling stories within uh, the series, especially on the 250 side all season long. You have uh, a, a West Coast championship that is basically done and dusted. No one's really been able to challenge uh, Jet for more than a, a couple of corners. But Nate Thrasher has shown times where he is every bit as fast as uh, as Hunter Lawrence. Uh, obviously, Hunter's gotten the best or better of him more times than not. But the the this is a grudge match that needs to be talked about, and, and to not sort of fuel that fire and more eyeballs on it. They in, in, instead the the Hunter obviously the Lawrence camp wanted to sort of silence that a little bit, and I was discouraged to see that. And it's uh, it's kind of puzzling altogether, just because um, something as as uh, impactful as that, you'd think you'd want more attention to it rather than less attention to it, but that was their decision. It was, I was bummed out to see it, but regardless, 
Hunter Lawrence turns in another sterling performance, an A-plus from me. And, uh, yeah, he sets sail toward uh, a Detroit Supercross where I think he's going to have a lot of success. I mean, he's been pretty successful in that that whole season. It's just perplexing to me because they're they're very smart with the media over there. And the, the day and age that we live in, the way that you get people to talk about something is you tell people not to talk about it. And they do the exact opposite. And that's been happening across the Moto Media all week, just not in the press conference, which um, I would think that the Moto Media throughout the week has more reach than the press conference. So pretty interesting on that. Uh, yes. We'll see what develops from there. But moving on. Cooper's Webb can't catch Kenny or Bam, but catches Red Plate instead. Cooper Webb is the new points leader with a podium in Indianapolis. Another great ride. He was right there with the leaders and um, pretty interesting race um, for Cooper Webb grabbing the points lead. Denny? Uh, yeah, um, definitely Webb. Uh, it was an interesting race as far as Kenny out front. You know, I think the track really suited him, uh, the ruts. It was a slower paced, more tactical track, which I think uh, suited him and the bike once they've got that dialed in the turn. Um, Bam and Webb, they went toe to toe and we're seeing the best from Barsha. We've seen it a lot of time. He's been consistent this year, but we really haven't seen that blazing speeds, uh, except these last two rounds where he's turned the fastest lap time in a main event at Daytona and then at Indy. And we had commented earlier where, you know, I personally felt that they, they dropped Webb, you know, Webb uh, was right there in the hunt and, uh, they reeled in Bart Webb or Roxon, but, and I was Wrong. actually surprised that Webb was right there. But when there was on lap 25 to 27, Webb flew off the track, made a mistake, did something, dropped four seconds, ended up losing the race by eight seconds. So as far as I'm concerned, he was unable to keep the pace for 27 laps and got beat by eight seconds by Ken and Barsha, regardless of the fact uh, Ken Cooper is leading the points by a whopping 13 points over uh, Chase Sexton. So um, I think it's, it's right now it's a Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac show, and uh, I know we'll talk more about that later. You are ridiculous. We are. I, we so, certainly will. You're so wrong on Webb getting dropped. You've been on this thing dropped. all week because That's the difference doesn't show. Oh, four that, seconds in one lap. If he couldn't keep, he went the off pace the track. Why would he drop four seconds? It's like okay, it would be a completely different scenario if Webb five was going laps. all out as hard as he could, and the best he could muster is lap is a lap time four seconds slower. But he went no. off the track. It was a mistake. I have no idea. You're both bozos. He couldn't keep the pace. He either got into lap traffic, either messed up on the track. Uh, I know that Ken and neither Justin had a problem with the track or lap traffic, and they ran all the way to the finish on a perfect main. Webb made a mistake lap 25, dropped four seconds, and then eight seconds behind the main event. I'm sorry, but that's considered getting dropped. Webb did not, was unable to keep the pace, made a mistake that neither one of those two made, and finished the race eight seconds back in third. He's still the points rate lead, leader, obviously, and uh, just one race means nothing, but he was dropped by those two by lap 27. No, not dropped at all. <laughs> Here's the thing. What do we know about Cooper Webb? He is smart. He's a late race charging person. He was set up with five minutes to go. If you look at the lap times, he drops his lap time and is the fastest guy on the racetrack. And then he made a mistake going through lappers. It was because yeah. of the lappers throwing him out of his line that he made a mistake. Here's the thing. Marsha didn't make Webb knew that Marsha his championship contenders were behind him. So he Drop. makes a mistake. Here's the thing. He makes a mistake. He tries to come back, realizes it's not going to happen. He cruises in on the last lap. That is why the gap was so big. He knew his championship competitors were behind him. He has the red plate now. He's been faster at eight of nine rounds already this year. All of a sudden, he gets dropped by them, and he just doesn't have the pace. Are you kidding me? Roxon does what he always does. He barely closed, but he did. Congratulations to him. He managed his lead just barely. 
but it's just crazy. Like this is Roxon's only his sixth career 450 win after March 1st ever. He is not a guy that's just going to outclose Cooper Webb. Um, the thing is, he's been on the losing end of seven of the 20 closest Supercross finishes of all time. You don't think Cooper Webb knows that? Cooper Webb's been part of three of the five closest finishes since 2003. And guess what? He's won them. The closest finish it's ever. Webb beat Roxon. He is a closer. He always he closes. He, wasn't he, in he was not at the end of a race. You can, you can pull up fast facts all you want. I'm looking at this race right here. Webb was the slowest of 13 laps. Is that your stat? Is that what you're showing me here? So clearly he didn't close, and clearly he got dropped. He made a mistake in lap 25, lost four seconds. The, the two leaders did not make that mistake. When you make that mistake, you have been dropped by the two guys who are going faster and more consistent than you. It's a fact. I don't know what you're but even look arguing Look at right the now. lap times at the end of the race. I don't care what their lap times say. He On didn't lap get 25, dropped. He made a mistake. The other two did not make a mistake. If you don't want to get dropped, don't make that fucking mistake in lap 25. Period. Marshall was the fastest guy on the racetrack. Yeah. Ken Roxon got good track position with a good start and managed the race. He is your race winner. Barsha was the fastest, but Webb did not get dropped. He made a single he mistake. He, he made a four second mistake in lap 25. He cruised in those last two laps. Sure. But that lap 25 is when he made a mistake that the two leaders did not make. Hence the word dropped. Move on. Move on. You're wrong. No, I'm not. Like somebody got dropped in their head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good, I was going to say that. <laughs> that was my line earlier this week. It was. It was. I, I was going to say it before Checkers got to it first too, and I got beat again on that. <laughs> well, I, I, you got dropped on that one, Denny. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of dropped. Uh, Mom dropped him on his head. <laughs> Eli Tomac dropped the points lead. Alito Max spotted in Indianapolis. Alter Ego arrives. Tomac terrible in the Circle City. Brad, what do you think, Eli Tomac? What happened? Oh, like he he might maybe diagnosed by for schizophrenia by the end of this season because this was Fifty Shades of Tomac. This was some. This is the guy we don't want to see. This is the guy who coughs up championships in seventeen and eighteen. Uh, this is guy. This is the guy who so many fans or naysayers uh, said said it couldn't get done. Uh, and th this is exactly the kind of night that that it happened. Honestly, like I did not like to see it. Um, like he's such a warrior, and he gets so much praise for being able to be super gnarly. And the track was was crazy gnarly like that like that was honestly you couldn't have paid me to head out onto that track that the 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 way the 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 ruts were forming the, that whoop section i don't even know what you would do with that and uh to see eli tomac uh just have no answers and not be able to move forward and then even to like sort of like get gonna get into it with uh with a lapper late in the race and end up uh relinquishing a position to Craig who maybe maybe was like the the one shining moment for uh Denny on a night where uh, Roxon wins he gets another top eight for his favorite rider in the entire world um yeah it was it was very discouraging to see and there should be some alarm bells for a guy who's now lost the points lead uh not for the championship but like obviously I think he's still a contender that way um but uh he needs to he needs to bounce back in uh in Detroit big time that's right. Um, Alito Mac is back, Denny. Well, you know, I mean, we talked about it on the thread, and I, I, I wanted, I don't want to admit he's back. I mean, obviously, I, I, get, I, I created the name, I created that doppelganger that that Eli had created for himself, and uh, brought the. They name do look the it. same. 
And I don't want to, I hope that's not back. It's kind of what Brad said. It's uh, if that's what he's brought, come back to you, which let's be honest, he just won Daytona two weeks ago and everybody's now sitting in the, the sky is falling on the Lido Mac, which that is uh, a Mac. Um, he's got five wins under his belt. He literally won last week, uh, two weeks ago uh, in Daytona for a seventh uh, win. Um, you know, he might've been a Lido Mac for one round, you know, they all make mistakes, right? I mean, if that was the case, Chase Sexton would be Lito Mac every damn weekend, it seems like, with all the mistakes he's made lately. And let's bring it up. This is what I was thinking about we were talking about earlier. If that was a Lito Mac, he still beat Chase Sexton by two spots. So let's be honest, who had the worst weekend? Uh, the guy who rode around or the guy who ate shit and ended up 10th? So um, Eli's still one point out of Webb. Sexton's 13 points back. Uh, if a Lito Mac is, is back, he seems to be still faster than Sexton and Indy. The thing is, is it's not a Lito Mac that is crashing and having a bad result or just has a bad result. Alito Mac is Tomac just riding around in eighth place. Tomac just getting passed on the last lap by Christian Craig, who hasn't been able to get out of his own way this year. This is Alito Mac. These are the weird rides. This is why you created the name. His lap times dropped off over two seconds at the end of the race, more than everybody else's. It's his worst result ever on a star Yamaha. His worst result in two years. Yeah, in nine races, good. Eli Tomac has five wins, but only six podiums. You know what that means? If he's on, he wins. He crushes these guys. If he's off, Alito Mac is here, slowing him down in his head. He's not willing to risk it. If you look at these challenging tracks, if he's not comfortable with the motorcycle, he's not going to push it. That is what I I believe is where Alito Mac comes from. Is when he's not comfortable, he's not going to turn it up and risk the big crash, which has helped him be at the racetrack every single weekend. He's gotten championships done, but the fact of the matter is there's races where he's not comfortable. He's going to be running around as an eighth place rider. Alito Mack has returned. He's not maybe, it's not kind of, he is back and he better not come out too many more times this year or Eli is not going to be your super crush champion. I think a lot All right, of well, this is no longer a uh, rapid. Uh... Real quick. I think it just comes to the fact that that big crash we saw Eli have at the triple crown where he yard sailed. And, mm. and it was a pretty gnarly, violent crash. He luckily landed on some tough blocks or it could have been even worse. And I think you're right, Checks. And when he's not comfortable, he's not going to push it. Whether or I was not right, that, you hear that? <laughs> whether or not that comes from uh, being the age he is, the success he has, the father he is, the husband he is. I mean, who knows? But uh, I don't know. I'll start worrying about it when it's the repeat performance of Lito Mac. But for right now, he's still only one point out of it in one last week. So we'll head to Indianapolis and uh, or Detroit and see what happens. You heard it here first. Uh, uh, Debo says that Chris was right. It uh, doesn't really matter what the, uh, the argument was really about. Chris was right. Next up, will the real Detroit Supercross please stand up? It's a beautiful place to have a Supercross race. I Honestly, I'm so excited for this round. The soil, not it's, it's in the same region as Indy, but we don't get the same soft, rutted uh, jump faces like you see in Indianapolis. That is basically a hallmark of that particular race. But the the, the thing about Detroit Supercross, it gets hard, it gets slick, and sometimes you you get those those corners that just sort of fall away. So if you happen to have a guy that you're looking for on your uh, on your fantasy team who likes to push the front, like uh, like an RJ Hampshire perhaps, or maybe a, a Martin Davalos of, of yesteryear, maybe leave him on the bench. Because there's been times where uh, this soil is very unpredictable, very soft, and will just push away at a moment's notice. Keeping in mind as well, 
just this last week, Monster Jam was at this stadium. That means that means uh, thousands of pounds of uh, high octane jumping up into the air and coming crashing down onto the stadium floor where the base gets super, super hard, icy, leading into these jumps. Uh, that means coming off of a super cross triple. Uh, these guys are going to be hard on the binders and the front end is going to go gone and honestly I, I, i'm here for all of that I, i'm looking forward to this race i think it's gonna be a lot of fun the one thing that i really wish is that we still had the pontiac silver dome because that was absolutely amazing venue and we used to have those double headers debo can you please regale me with some stories of the pontiac supercross and all of those amazing double headers which i'm pro- i'm sure you probably got a chance to stand on the top of the podium at, at some point or another uh, 90. Yeah. 90. I uh, was back to back nights and I, uh, I won both nights. That was a night. Uh, not sure which night it would have been that, that I crashed uh, up in the going up in the parrot. Well, on the parade lap, I was decided I was going to do a seat bounce over the big double before we went to the tunnel. And my turns out my gas was off and I dove to the bars. So we rushed back to the start line. Uh, my front brake cable is slightly bent and kinked. They get that thing up, wired it up, t- taped it up. Uh, going up to start straight, going up in the peristyle, not peristyle, but up in the stands. I run in the back of Talon Bowen crash, and now I'm dead last. I'm like, well, there's a hell of a way to start a night of racing. And that's the night I caught up to Mike Jones, and then Mike proceeded to dive bomb me about a half dozen times, and uh, I was able to pull off the win. So that was a that was obviously a very memorable, race. special night in 90. Uh, fast forward to 94, I think it was, or maybe 93, um, just like the Indy track. Uh, I drug my pegs. Back then, Pontiac was known for being rutted. Soft, very deep ruts, faces of jumps, 20 across. Like I posted something on Instagram, but when you see that, you never forget that moment. Uh, and I drove drug pegs, bike stopped, dove through the bars. And um, yeah, Pontiac is known for a lot of crazy shit. Uh, Bob Hanna, I think, has won there nine times, which is crazy over the years. And uh, it's, it's just a different, it's a different vibe, obviously, being in Detroit. So as I've always said, most of the billions I, I raced in 90 and one in have all been imploded, just like the Silverdome. Yeah, they've gotten rid of stuff like that. It's it's crazy. The the last person I remember going down hard uh, when they used to go up into the into the stands for Detroit was uh, Justin Starling, who uh, he, his front end grabbed a tough block heading back down to the stadium floor, and he absolutely kissed the dirt. It was a pretty gnarly crash. I think that was what spurred him coming onto the podcast, uh, the Big MX Radio podcast. That is for the very first time uh, many many moons ago. He was number ninety nine on a on a Honda, but uh, yeah, that's for yesteryear. If you're looking for more Big MX Radio content, of course, you can check out the podcast, which is on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, And maybe you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify on the Big MX Radio Network. Or you can head over to Verb Moto and find my weekly articles there every single week. Uh, Working closely with those guys. Absolutely love it. Feel very lucky to do so. All right. Now here's with here's checkers with last year's results, which are pertinent because a lot of these guys are still active in the sport. Yeah, it was a super interesting um, look when I was doing some research for this, um, looking at last year's results. I'm just going to run down the top 10 quick. But it's Tomac, Mookie, Barsha, Mooskian, Brayton, Freeze, McElrath, Bogle, Hartranft, Clayson. Um, Six of the top 10 aren't even racing this year at at Detroit. But you notice the the guys like McElrath, Bogle, Hartranft, Clayson rounding out the top 10 or even... Uh, Vince Freezy up in sixth. Where are your contenders? Well, if you think back, this is the race where Jason Anderson lost his front end and hit his head. 21st place. Cooper Webb, 20th place. I believe this is when he seat bounced a triple that wasn't a triple into a rhythm section. Forgot where he was on the track. And of course, Chase Sexton, 22nd place. 
yeah, we we hope that Chase got rid of these these crashes. Um, well, now that it's been a year, isn't right? this the same race that Ferran has went down hard too? He, this is um, the race he tore up his thumb. Yeah, yeah I he, didn't, so. he didn't crash. He chased something. Yeah, like off. this was an absolute massacre. Yeah, this whole night was just unbelievable. This was like we said, Checker said it. Web seat mount to a double or triple. There was a double. Sexton landed on top of him. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, the torn up jersey. <sighs> yeah, it just ate yeah. up because his bike just 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 chased him down. Yeah, this this was a very violent and uh, memorable race that uh, that we all remember how gnarly dirt bikes are. It'll be really interesting to see how this year's plays out because honestly, I'm I'm pretty bummed on the Detroit Supercross design. Maybe more bummed than I have been on on any this year. Star Racing's not. You've heard me. Is it their test track? Yes. Yeah. So I I didn't know that, but it's just uh, this is like inch for inch. This is this is the layout that Star Racing Yamaha trains on every single week. This is to the to to the letter what they have at home. I mean, they have a single 180 berm with a, a quote supercross section in and out of the turn. All the other ones have a straightaway or something else, or a wall jump or something stupid coming in and out of them. Um, yes. There's long whoops, but there's a 90 coming out of them. And the reason that I struggle with the 90 coming out is you're coming down the whoops into a 90. Everyone apexes that 90 degree corner, and you start to drift over to cut. So everyone's going to fade one side to to the corner so you can't really get a run past somebody, and you can't go down the outside of them because you're left nowhere to go in the corner. All they have to do is is block you but hopefully this will be the last of it because um speaking of next up as we're in the next up segment we have three very very unique tracks coming up we have seattle coming which the weather and the ruts you never know what you're going to get then you go to glendale where it's always big stadium floor and fast and then we get our first speedway round um and then we have two elevation rounds finishing out the series as well when we start going to both denver and salt lake so this might be the last kind of normal-ish Supercross that we see for quite a while. Absolutely. And you guys know me. I like my uh, Supercross tracks the same way I like my motocross tracks. Big tits. All right. Next uh, segment brought to you by MXD360.com. If you're not already on that website, you need to be. First of all, it's a lot of fun, even if you're as bad at it as I am. And just by entering and signing up, you can be entering to win a set of the king. That's right. Jeremy fucking McGrath. You can get a set of his gear. And it's also a uh, thing you could be playing the stormlakehonda.com uh, league. Go check that out, guys. Uh, lots of fun. Some rapid fire questions. So get ready, Depot. This comes at you hot. Uh, 110 miles an hour straight down the pipe. Who ends the season with more Supercross wins? Jet Lawrence or Hunter fucking Lawrence? Hunter fucking Lawrence. I'm going with Hunter, man. We got helicopters even surrounding around. They can't believe it. Uh, There's right now, obviously, these rounds get one more shot at it. Uh, They get 10 while the West gets nine. Um, so even if they went perfect all season, there's two, two shootouts. I think, uh, I think going to New Jersey, I think Hunter's going to get the best jet in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know about Salt Lake. Jet's going to have such a big points lead. Who knows he's, he's even going to race that. So um, I'm going to say at the moment that Jet's, uh, Hunter's going to go away with probably out of 10 rounds. I'd say he's always lost one. I'd say he's going to win at least eight rounds. Or nine rounds, and Jet will have eight rounds. 
So wow, even if they win out the rest of the season, yeah, I'm they're going just going to run the table. That is, that is that would be like a, a an epic amount of dominance. Um, yeah, honestly, I'd be here for it. These guys are incredible, Chuckers. I, I love what you did with this one, Checkers. Uh, best finish 2023 Supercross Series for Christian Craigerson. I think Christian Craig's best finish will be a fifth place finish. I think he'll get a single top five. Um, the way that he's Not performing eight, right now is he's staying on two wheels and going to stay in the series. And as attrition happens, um, yes. and also he's been building. You know, he is getting better. As as much as I like to give Danny a hard time about it and whatnot. He's gradually building and getting better. So I think he can get up to a fifth um, in a single race, but he certainly is not even eligible to get eight of them now. No, that is actually true. It's it's nice we talk about him because he's literally been invisible all season long. So, um, but there are, but there are eight rounds left. So if he went top five for the rest of the season, I, my bet's good, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That that is what would need to happen, Denny. Uh, So, my, my next question for you, Danny, and rapid fire question is what will be the best finish 2023 Supercross in the 250 class for Christopher Lose? Well, he's been riding fantastic. You know, he's obviously getting more and more accustomed to that, that uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki. And he uh, he rode great this last weekend, but he did get a little bit of a gift with Viali going down and, uh, and and Hayden going down late in the race. But you got to be there at the end of the race. And uh, and, and Lose knows what it's like to hit the ground. We, we don't call him zombie for nothing. Uh, he got a six, rode great. But Checkers said he was going to get a top five by, in this season. He was going to take that bet. And I took the bet that he would not get a top five this season because uh, coming into this season, he was one top five of 38 performances. He is now one top five of 43 performances. And uh, I can't I can't sway my bet with Checkers. So I think he can do uh, I think he can easily run six to ten through the rest of the season. I think he'll continue to get some six and sevens. But I, I can't see Chris Blos getting a top five if everybody stays up and Obviously, two guys went down who were top five guys this past weekend, and he's still got a six. So uh, it's great to see him out there. Great to see him have this opportunity. But Mr. Zombie's going to be getting a six for the rest of the season, I say. Wrong. <laughs> you one may vain where it will be wrong about that. Checkers Certainly you're numbers. wrong about how Christian Craig's season would go. Yeah. Checkers, according to Ricky Carmichael, well, in past years, he said the series started in Daytona. Apparently, this series says the series started, this series started in Indy. Who has been most impressive through the last two rounds? I messed that quote up, by the way. It is Daytona. I was thinking it starts after Daytona, but no, it starts in Daytona. Oh. So the, the guy that's wrote the script is an idiot. But who has been in most We've impressive? already established that, and we'll do so further along in the show. <laughs> um, well, I think you guys will all agree with me. The guy that's been most impressive the last two rounds, though, is, is definitely Bam Bam. Barsha has been, he's been fast. That's the difference. You know, we all know. We've all seen the Justin Barsha that gets a good start and has really good race craft and can hang on and have some good finishes. But he was the fastest guy on the track in Indianapolis. And I mean, he was the fastest guy on the track at Daytona. And maybe Eli could have turned it up a little bit more had Barsha been up there pushing him. Um, but I mean, obviously, Tomac and Webb were going really fast. I think, hands down, I haven't seen this speed from Barsha in a really long time. And honestly, for us, hopefully it continues because it's always entertaining watching him saw across the inside of every corner, heading straight at your at everybody's leg. I would hate to race against the guy. I'm not a fan of him off the track, but holy crap, I have embraced him on the track and absolutely love the chaos he creates. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, Debo, take this. This is the Lawrence's future in the motocross world. Take that, throw it out the window. 
when I'm talking, I on next my next question for you is of the current 250 crop, who has the best potential future in the 450 class with the Lawrences excluded from that? And who has the, and what is their ceiling? That's a real shame because I I'd love throwing the fact that Checkers thought that Austin Fortner was gonna have a better uh, 450 career than Hunter Lawrence. Oh God. I really think that Hunter's gonna <laughs> wrong. Uh, you know, I love, it's I can't wait over. to be on a big bike, but you know, that's a great question because I, I'm trying to actually look up some of these riders here that, um, that might be that next kind of guy, because that's kind of what we've been struggling with is, is who's next, who's coming up, who's going to step in this 450 ride and, and, and really get it done. Um, we don't really, a lot of these guys are so young. I don't think anybody's going to be moving up here anytime soon, except the Lawrence brothers. Um, uh, we just seen, uh, RJ Hampshire have a great ride at Daytona a six, but again, that's a very specific race we've talked about the fact that we've seen uh some other guys have great ride j mark j law uh and not have turn around and have any type of career in a 450 because the career is pretty much ended uh, or j mark's here on a 250 15 years later um i'd be like i'd really like to see rj hampshire get a shot at it because i think it would calm his style down a little bit uh, i think he kind of sometimes way overrides that husky more than the bike can even handle it indoors and out his style is uh I think he's able to calm down. He's with a bigger bike with more power. So it's kind of an obvious answer. And I don't have anything better because I don't really see anyone behind him coming up. That's, that's capable of that. Maybe Joe Shimoda style uh, could really translate into a 450 ride as well. Um, but right now, I think the only guy that's really might be moving on to a 450 in the, in the next year or two is uh, outside of the Lawrence brothers is RJ Hampshire. So uh, I hope someone gives him a shot. I'm a firm believer that you don't need a 250 supercross title to be a successful 450 rider. And uh, I hope RJ gets a shot uh, next year and he can get him off this bike and, and give him a, a chance to revitalize his career on, on, on a bigger bike. One name I'll throw out there eventually, obviously it's a few years down the road because he keeps getting injured, is um, Seth Hamaker. I think he's going to be a great 450 guy. All right. Next, in a segment that can only be brought to you by airwheeliesonly.com. Yes, that's a real website. Believe it or not, don't believe me. Type it into your browser and find out. These versus questions, unfortunately, for the one they call Reasonberg, um, it did not go well. This last week, it was four to one in favor of the 1990-125 East Supercross champion. Uh, and that is a dominant performance, which narrowed the gap nine correct to nine correct. It is a clean slate. As we roll in to the the Detroit Supercross uh, checkers, um, like you probably didn't even get any like the like get any lube for that particular one. Uh, I feel bad for you on that one. Uh, you You're got absolutely dinner. bent over uh, in the in the versus question. But the beauty of it is that we rack them every single week and give you guys an opportunity to uh, to do battle once again. Uh, the first versus question is. Jason Anderson versus uh, versus Ken Roxon. I guess that's uh, for who does better this particular weekend. Checkers, you have the floor because you are the loser from this last weekend. Just remember, I lost. I quote lost so bad last week, but I already had such a big lead that I still am tied for the lead. And trust me, I did my homework this week to make sure that I'm coming right back out on top. And here's the deal, Ken Roxon. It's the second half of the season still. Does it change because he didn't have a boot camp? I don't think so because he was traveling all over the world. It all comes down to his result was so good because Indy was a one-off type mud race almost where everyone was in survival mode. It was the driest he mud is, race in the world. And he is an exceptional talent. 
And that track took exceptional talent. He also has nothing really to lose. He needs to ride for the win because he's out of the championship. So he can put it to the edge. We're going to go back to more of a normal race. I mean, here's the thing last week, they lapped into the top 10 because everybody was in survival mode and it was like the best race of the year for Roxon, Barsha, Cincerillo, and both Hill brothers and Kyle Chisholm, plus J-Mart, Blos, Miller, Hicks, the cat, all tied or made their best finishes in the 250 class. It's because it was a crazy one-off race. So Roxon's not going to just go win again in Detroit or be incredibly good in Detroit. And you know who was great in Detroit last year? Jason freaking Anderson was absolutely the best guy in Detroit last year before a very small slip up caused a freak like crash. If he would have just watched the front end out, he still wins that race last year. That's how good he was. Anderson needs to rebound. He's going to rebound. He will smoke Roxon in Detroit. No problem. The guy on vacation has the floor. Um, it's been a very weird year for Jason Anderson. I think we can all agree that we, we expected El Hombre to come in a little bit more guns a blazing. Um, he has really just kind of been building off fourths and fifths and occasional third here, but not very many, mainly fourths and fifths and six. And, and I know he's not happy with that. So, um, and Ken is an emotional rider. Ken's going to come off this win. We saw him, uh, we saw him basically do a Jimi Hendrix. He's going to burn his bike to the ground. I think on the start line there, um, you know, he had to, he had the Kickstarter ready from old, uh, Justin soul or Travis souls. And, uh, it, I think Ken will carry this momentum in. I, I agree that that track, the rutted track was very unique. I think it definitely played into Ken rocks style, very technical, very slow paced. Uh, I think the faster the tracks get, the more sweeping they get. I think Ken will struggle a little bit, but, um, the way the season has going, I, I don't see Jason coming out with guns a blazing. I don't think we'll see what we've seen last year and checkers talk about being a crazy one-off race last week. I think we just talked about what a crazy one-off race, uh, Detroit was last year. I think we could see some more of that craziness. And I think Ken's Roxon will take down J- Jason Anderson in, uh, in Detroit. And let's be honest between checkers, and I being tied at nine, the series doesn't begin until Detroit. Fair enough. Moving on to the very, the, the, you guys are, are this, this is going to heat up. And honestly, we're going to, we haven't even gotten to the maybe most hot button topic of the podcast uh thanks to everybody who's watching currently on youtube we appreciate uh the increase in viewers as well as the comments everyone get in there uh and and weigh in on how and what you think uh of of uh how these guys are building their arguments as feeble as they may be talking about two guys uh who have had varied amounts of success so far here in the 250 east class you have max anstey versus nate thrasher debo you just spoke about uh, ken roxon now you have the floor on these two well, Max Anty's been having a phenomenal year, but I think uh, you can always see some of the the, the shine coming off of, of, of it. You know, Checkers has always said that, you know, the factory riders tend to shine as the season goes on. And I think this is kind of the case again with Nate Thrasher. So I'm not really giving Ken that Checkers the benefit of the doubt, but in a second, a little backhanded comment, I am a little bit because Nate Thrasher, I think, is definitely rising to the top. He's been riding phenomenally. I think he could have even won last week if he'd gotten a whole shot, or at least a better start, and even had a chance even keeping eyes on Hunter. Um, he's the guy to watch this season. Obviously, Hunter, it's his championship to lose, but I think it's Thrasher's time to learn, get some wins under his belts, be more consistent, stay off the ground. And I think uh, last week was a good start from it. Daytona obviously was not good for Nate, but I think Nate Thrasher takes it uh, to the bangers and mash of Max Anstey. All right. I love All right. Wrong. I, it makes makes me super happy that, that you went that direction so that I can go Max Anstey, who, by the way, 
hasn't finished outside the top five in a single race this year. And the shine's worn off. He's gone two, three, five, two, five. Yeah, I mean, I guess if all top fives in a second place just two rounds ago is wearing off, he was absolutely fine in Indianapolis. He's a veteran rider. He's not just going to throw it away. He was making sure that he kept good points and a good finish. He's crushing it on that firepower Honda. And Max Anstey will beat Thrasher because here's the thing. Thrasher has speed, but he's a typical 250 rider right now because guess what he has? Two finishes in the double digits. You cannot do that. And the fact is he's inconsistent. He's roller coaster. He's always been a roller coaster. He's just much better this year. I am happy with where Thrasher's going. And I called it from the beginning, by the way, but Max Anstey is going to beat him just because the odds are in his favor that he's not going to make the mistake. And there's a better chance that Thrasher will. It's funny. You use your own argument against yourself. It's so funny. I love it. It's incredible. No, like, like it's, it's, Watching uh, uh, Chris chase, chase his tail sometimes is maybe the most entertaining part of the show. Um, sure. Moving on to the next versus question, uh, checkers, you're going to have to react quickly on this one as well. You have Cooper Webb, who, for all intents and purposes, has been extremely just like he he's moving forward. He's putting himself in good positions, time in, time out, every single weekend, and that's why he currently has the red plate. The first guy to rip that away from Eli Tomac all season long. And this is the first time in a long time we've seen the, the title chase and the, the points lead change this late in the season. We have Cooper Webb versus Chase Sexton, who uh, who had himself a pretty abysmal race this last weekend, getting 10th. Uh, I was I didn't pick him for uh, for survivors, uh, the survivors in Supercross. Uh, so I was I was hoping he was going to get an 11th and, uh, and, and get a few people out of that game. Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, but uh, checkers, who you got? Cooper Webb well, or Chase X? I, I guess it's time to get into this right now. Um, with with we get into it now? Yeah, we're gonna get into it now because I can't hold Whoa. back on this. Denny has been right. saying all week, it's been driving me flipping insane that oh my goodness, Chase Sexton is out of this title fight. It's a whole 13 points. Oh my goodness, he's not gonna be able to get it done. Well, guess what? There's this guy that's actually in this title fight. His name was Eli Tomac after round get number him, nine. In 2017, he was 24 points down, and he had the points lead after round 15. Get him, checkers. Sexton. The the other thing, the field is deep right now. And with that, guys like, well, uh, Cooper Webb and or perhaps Eli Tomac, they get in the mix, give Sexton points. If you get one, like, fourth-place finish, that lead's cut in half. It's – there's a lot of opportunity to make up a lot of points for Chase Sexton. And the fact of the matter is he's still the fastest guy. And here's the, the final point that's going to make this different. Chase Sexton is no longer in a mode where he has to protect being a title contender, try to be safe to stay in the points hunt. The pressure's off now. It's either win and make up points or you are out of it. So now Chase doesn't have that in the back of his mind, which makes him think he's going to shut the brain off. He's going to relax and he's going to ride his motorcycle and he's going to ride it faster than all those guys because he's the fastest guy. He's going to figure it out. Chase Sexton is far from out of this title fight and the title run starts right now this weekend. So yes, he beats Cooper Webb. Denny, tell us why I am right and you are wrong. I, you told me you had like you're gonna just burn me to ground with some stats and numbers, and uh, that's all you got. You got Eli Tomac from 2017 came from. That's just one example. Down. It's easy. 
I didn't know that Chase Sexton was Eli Tomac in 2017. This is 2023, my friend. That's Chase right. Sexton, Sexton is faster. Right Chase Sexton has beat Cooper Webb only twice out of nine rounds. That's 22%. He hasn't beaten Webb in the last four rounds. He hasn't beaten him in over a month. 42 days since the last time Chase Sexton's beaten Cooper Webb. 42 days. And he's only beat him twice out of nine races. So all of a sudden, he's just going to flip the switch in these last eight rounds and start dropping Webb like the no habit. We know Chase Sexton doesn't have it. We know that he deals with his own anxiety. We know he deals with his own pressures. He beats himself up. We've seen photos of it. We've seen pictures of it. We witnessed it at the Motocross the Nations. He is not good under pressure. And we realize that he's not under pressure now per se, but he's still putting pressure on himself. Honda is still putting pressure on himself. And he is putting more pressure on himself than ever right now because he's gone to shit. He's had his two worst rounds. Daytona, he got he was in such a way at Barsha. He was in the way of Barsha. The Barsha almost jumped on him twice. Last week, well, again, fastest guy on the track. I didn't know they paid points for uh, lap times in practice and practice and being the fastest heat race winner. And then we go to Tomac. He's beaten Tomac three out of the last nine races. That's 33%. He's beaten three out of nine. So if he only beats Tomac 33% of the time the last eight rounds, he ain't going to come close to this title. And he hasn't beaten both of them, but only once out of nine rounds. One time he's beaten both of them. And that's the round he won at A2 49 days ago. He hasn't won a race in 49 days. He hasn't beaten both of them in 49 days. So if you think that either one of you think that Chase Saxon's going to all of a sudden flip some magical switch and be calm and get shit done these last, uh, these last eight rounds, I think you're both crazy. I think you're nuts. I think he's a fantastic rider. I think Chase is the future, but he's got some demons he needs to fix with himself. He needs to stay off the ground and start winning some races, just finish the race in podiums because he's got a long ways to go before he makes up 13 points. I will give you this one benefit of the doubt, though. If he flips this switch next week and pulls off a win, it's definitely drawn closer. But if he does not get on the – does not beat both of them at Detroit, his season is done. Zero opportunities. But he's, he's not budging. done right now. You just admitted that I was right. Thank you very much. Uh, he's bu he's budging. Yeah, he's if he budging. doesn't win Detroit. Thank you. I'll take my win. They'll put him back. That was in, huge. I, that was a, I, I, I can't believe you, Denny. I, I can't believe you just like wave the white flag like that and, and, and concede the, the win to Chris. I said if he gets in it, he could be back in it. But I don't I still say he has zero chance. Zero chance. Detroit will definitely help his problem. But if he gets if he gets drops by both of them again, he's now going to be what, 16? Oh, now he got drops. He dropped himself. They didn't drop dropped him. Himself. <laughs> Denny White Flag Stevenson, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't even know what to say. I've never seen someone roll over like that other than maybe like a uh, submissive dog with his paws up or something like that. Awesome. Denny, I, awesome. I am flabbergasted, shocked and appalled with you basically just handing the, the win over to checkers like no, that. You it, it, honestly, exactly it, what you said. It's no, uh, no, it's, it's very on. big of you. It, it's very big of you. And I, I applaud your maturity, which is uh, which is new. And I understand that. Yeah, good job. Zero chance. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> Last versus question for Denny to get wrong is Tom yeah, Vial or that. Tom Viali, uh, as he is better known by Debo um versus <laughs> Chris Blos. I think which way we, we know which way this one's going to go for Debo, but. Debo, you have the floor. I'm going to right, steal this one right out from underneath the checkers. I think Chris Blos uh, will beat Tom Vial because uh, I think Blos is is getting a little bit better. I think Vial is getting better as well. But um, I just want to take Blos so the checkers can use him, basically. And uh, But Vial's been making mistakes. He's been up on the ground a lot, it, it, which he's been kind of famous for despite having two world championships. I think I, if you've watched the MX2 series the last uh, handful of years, 
Uh, Tom should probably have more than two world championships in that, that class, although I don't think he can because he's thrown away a lot of championships. He's, he's an ex excellent crasher, a big crasher, and I think he'll continue to make some mistakes as he learns Supercross. There's nothing wrong with that. The fact that he has just picked up Supercross in the last six months, uh, if that, is very impressive while he's riding. But I believe the zombie's going to put it to him, the experience. Uh, I believe this is uh, Chris Blos' 44th main and a, two, a 250 main, that is. And I think experience will prevail over the two world championships. Wow. Well, well, well. Um, I'm just going to say this. I told you how terrible the track was as far as they're, they're literally S-turning back and forth across the start straightaway. Um, there's a lot of flat stuff. So maybe it's basic enough that Tom Vial will be really, really fast because we all know he's fast. He's a good, good starter. Starts. Passing also will be very difficult. Those are all good things for Tom Vial. But guess what? This is my game, Danny. See, I'm the commissioner of this one because it was originated on airwheeliesonly.com. And nothing yeah. says that I have to go the opposite way. I presented it. a case for the opposite side. But I'm also going to tell you, it's going to be Chris Blows. He's went seven. He's went six. He's getting his top five for me this weekend so that you're wrong again. So I'm still winning, even if we, quote, tie on this one. And I have Let's a feeling see. the base is going to be hard and the whoops are going to be big. And Blows rips when the whoops are big. And Tom Vial definitely does not. So I'm taking Chris Blows as well. And I don't care what you say. That was the most... That was the most poopy pants way to answer that ever. And I, I, I think you should be docked points for that reason and that reason alone. <laughs> uh, and I can always tell when when Chris has uh, has added things afterwards in uh, in scheduling uh, these versus questions uh, when the format does change on me uh, halfway through reading through it. And that's also on me for not reading through the, the script properly prior to starting the show. Uh, we do have two more versus questions. Adam C. and Cerullo versus... Christian Craig checkers you have the floor this one's really difficult for me because um it, it, I think it would be pretty easy if we didn't see Adam Cianciarillo be really good last weekend um coming off the injury but I'm gonna go right back to the same argument I used with Ken Roxon. Adam Cianciarillo is one of the most talented guys in the field on a dirt bike he has been his whole entire life and it was a skill track and plainly a skill track Christian Craig, also a ton of skill, had a great finish. But what the difference is, is when they go back to a normal track, Craig is building in a positive direction. AC just came off of being off the racetrack. I have a feeling that AC is not going to be able to have the stamina to last the entire main event. I have no, no problem thinking Christian Craig is in shape. He passed Tomac late last weekend on a physically demanding track. So I am going to go Christian Craig beats Adam Cianciarulo in Detroit. Um, but I think it'll be a, it's a really good question and a close one. Danny, where are you going? Well, I'm not going to be a pussy like you and then side with you just for the fact that I would rather go down a blaze of glory than to, to agree with you on anything. So <laughs> I will uh, regretfully and uh, take Adam C. and Cirillo because, uh, you know, I'm a Christian Craig fan. And, and I thought uh, Adam wrote phenomenal last week. Uh, I think he blew everyone away that no one expected him to come back from that thumb injury and ride as well as he did. And he was right on the tail of that lead pack for a very long time. Uh, he did not kick in, uh, you know, the, 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 the wall or drop the anchor that we've seen at a lot of these rounds where he just ends up kind of riding around. He was competitive all the way, all the way to the end. But again, like Checker said, it was a very, uh, very technical track, which Adam, Adam is a very technical rider. One of the best we've seen in a long time, but this track will be a little bit more open, a little bit faster pace. And I think we'll see Adam probably just settle in a little bit. He gets way better starts. He's obviously probably a whole shot to thing. Craig, I don't think he's had a top 10 start we've seen all season long. Except and, in that heat uh, race when he got smoked by RJ. 
But yeah, that was not good at all. But yeah, I, I can see Adam getting the whole shot. I see Craig starting about 12th and I seen him ending up about seventh and eighth by the fin by the main event. So um, I got Adam Sidney Sorrell being Christian Craig because unlike checkers, I'm not a pussy and going to side with him. Fair enough. I'm glad to see you're being more mature about this few, few shows ago for those who haven't watched those ones. These guys actually, uh, I believe they agreed with each other three times. And then I had to go excuse myself to the bathroom and throw up because I was absolutely disgusted. This is for sure. The last um, versus question for this particular (laughs) round. Um, Devo, we're going back to you with Eli Tomac versus the field. Who's going to finish better? So basically this question is Eli Tomac winning this weekend or what? Yeah, I got Eli coming back. I think he's going to rebound. Um, he just didn't like the track last weekend. And like Checker said, it was a one-off very, uh, you know, you can't call it a one-off race uh, for Kenny to win and then say that it's not a one-off race for Eli having shit luck or not shit luck, but just riding like shit. Uh, I think Eli rebounds. Um, I don't think he's in his head like he used to be at the Cowie. I think he's happy with the bike. It's going to be a much different track than we saw it. It's going to be much drier, as you've said, probably some marbles on there. And I think Eli will rebound and, and take the win in, in, in Detroit and, and take the points lead. Obviously, he's only a point down from Cooper Webb right now. Um, I think the track will suit Eli better than Will Cooper. And I see Eli Tomac taking the win, taking the red plate right back. Checkers? Uh, I didn't know which way you would go on that one, so I'm glad you did. Um, well, well, if you look at the stats, and I, I do agree that last weekend was an Alito Mac rare performance not something you see and tomac hasn't lost two races in a row all year i don't know if you guys knew that um yes so you said you could argue for that but here's the difference you took one guy i get the rest of the field and i can think of a case for five different guys that can beat him fact of the matter is cooper webb has confidence a smirk on his face and a red plate that shows he's ready to go to do battle then you have justin barsha who's been the fastest guy on the racetrack the last two weeks in the main events and then you have Chase Sexton. Guess what? He's been the fastest all season, whether you want to admit it or not. No, and he, he needs to get back on the winning track. And then you have Jason Anderson, who's still hungry. He's still fast. He had seven flipping wins last year. He doesn't just all of a sudden suck. He has been good. He just hasn't put himself in good spots. His starts have been off, but it only takes one good start and some good opening laps for Jason Anderson to reel one of these off. And finally, you said it, Roxon, it's all he's a mental guy, and he did just win. It could trigger something. I don't see that happening, but you just gave me five reasons to say the field will be Eli Tomac. One of these guys is going to get it done and make me look much smarter than you and give me another point. Denny, what do you want to say that's wrong now? Uh, just a quick question. Both Ask both of you guys. I'm curious. <clears throat> if you couldn't take, obviously, the top three and you had to choose between Barsha, Anderson, and Roxon to win this race, which one do you take of those three? I would pick Anderson to be the hungry meat in the sit in the center of that podium sandwich. I'm not sold on Barsha just yet for the simple fact that the last two rounds have been really technical demanding tracks and a little bit different. And I'm expecting Detroit to be more of a normal round. If he rides like he's done the last two weekends again in Detroit, then I would put him in front of um, Jason Anderson. But as we predicted, I believe earlier, didn't we have a Anderson versus rocks in question where I told you that I was right with Jason Anderson. Sure did. It would be, it would be nice to see one of those three guys step up and get a win. I, you know, I think it just, it just adds more interest and excitement to the series. So despite the fact I took Tomac for the win that, uh, you know, watching one of those other guys pull off another victory like Kenny did last weekend is uh, just makes the sport stronger and, and drives us crazy on the couch and, uh, and just drives excitement. So, yeah. 
Oh, a- Anderson, I, if I'm not mistaken, his starts have also been trash this year. Uh, he's like basically almost never in the fight unless he's up there early and then goes down. Um, so he would need uh, he would need to rectify that in order to uh, move forward and uh, be more in the fight. Couple other notes from Indianapolis as we continue our discussion. Hardy Munoz he pushes the bike off during at the beginning of the start, so he actually avoided crashing in the main event by not actually racing in it. Um, um between between the, the the battle between himself and the cat aka uh aka aj catanzaro um the cat has actually beaten hardy two out of the three mains that they've raced at the same time although the one time that uh, that hardy was able to beat the cat was a 10th place finish which i think is is more or less the trump card as uh as although the the cat has shown a lot more improvement and a little bit more speed in general because there's honestly been years not so distant past where he's not even made the night show out of the out of qualifying, he has completely changed that around. Uh, he's maybe going as fast as he ever has. Well, he actually got he got a podium one year in a re, in a completely decimated 250 East class. Um, that's way back. I think it was like 2013. But anyway, um, yeah, those two guys have been doing battle with each other. Uh, it's a race within a race that they're probably not even aware that they're in. Um, uh, but okay, what do you want to say? Well, real what quick, could it no, possibly just, be, Chris? Really, though? Really? We just had to have a Hardy Munoz update in here because we love Hardy. And I just want to clarify that that is no longer a race or a battle. Hardy has far exceeded the cat as far as speed. They both, as you said, have improved. Um, but Hardy's improved more. And he's honestly crashed a little bit less. So um, good job to Hardy. But we are going to continue to bring it up. And it is just pure entertainment. But we're going to keep following Hardy, whether it's Hardy versus the Cat or not. I don't know. But I did think it was pretty interesting. The two main events that the Cat has been in, or of the three that they've been in, uh, Hardy's gotten 22nd twice. Further evidence that as a child, uh, Chris liked to eat a lot of paste. Um, Okay, so... Moving forward, normally we would debate with Debo, but honestly, that's this is not the time nor the place to debate with Debo. We are going to take that. I don't know, I'd scrap another piece of paper, but that stuff gets expensive, and I don't currently have an employer to steal office supplies from. So let's scrap that that segment and move straight into basically. So like, you guys remember midterms? Remember not bringing your progress reports home for your parents to read, be disappointed, and threaten to take the motorcycles away that they were never going to take away. They just wanted you to straighten up and fly right and actually find, like, pay attention in class for half uh, half a semester. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do right now. Instead of uh, just berating uh, Debo to get a take that's probably way out in left field, we are going to letter grade these these uh, teams one by one going through the teams the riders we're not going to absolutely just dissect every single rider and honestly the assessment on both the both lawrence's is going to probably take about two seconds but there's superintendent stevenson and mr uh mr checkers which they are going to be presiding over this of course uh, this was all written by checkers so in, in a way he sort of acknowledges the fact that uh Mr. Stevenson, the superintendent, is is not only the more the more intelligent, but also uh, is sort of the boss of all of this, and that's why he's going to kick things off. Mr. Superintendent Stevenson, you get factory Honda HRC. Quick little story, briefly. Uh, Hayden Deegan's father, Brian Deegan, <clears throat> we grew up together. He went to he lived in Bellevue, Nebraska. I was over in Omaha, Nebraska. My senior year, I missed about forty five days traveling to Golden State, traveling all the races, racing. I was racing National Supercross when I was a senior in high school. And I missed so many days of school that I was in failing status. Well, Brian Deegan's father was a superintendent of the Bellevue School District. 
And Brian's father, John Deegan, wrote a letter of recommendation to, to the Miller School District. And uh, due to his letter, I was allowed to graduate high school. So speaking of old superintendents, old stories right there. So that's why I like I'm it. Deegan go, we go way back. They just Anyways, sold their house too, by the way. 3.5 million. 3.9 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. He's done well. I'm very happy for him and the entire family. Big fans. So anyways, Factory Hunt, HRC. Um, obviously, the Lawrence brothers are crushing this year. Um, an incredible family, incredible story, and just incredible talent, let's be honest. Um, and then uh, che, uh, Hymas, I think he uh, came in. I think he did really well. Uh, the fact that Honda pulled him off the road, off the series, is a, a bit of a, a mark against them for right now. And the fact that Chase has uh, gone from uh, being uh, right up there in the points lead to third, now 13 points back. I would originally given him an A plus, but with Chase dropping back 13 points, point Hymas off the road, uh, I'm going to drop him down to an A minus. Uh, still crushing it. I'm a Honda fan, have been through and through since the 80s uh, with Johnny O, uh, Rick Johnson, David Bailey. And uh, I think Honda's uh, back, to glory, uh, back to the glory days. They're looking great. And Lars Lindstrom's kicking some ass. So name minus for factory Honda HRC. Strong, strong. Um, checkers, Mr. Checkers, I'll uh, allow you to uh, break down and give a letter grade for HEP Suzuki. Well, I tell you what, um, if I were the parents of HEP Suzuki, I would be telling the parents that their child was very close to failing Um but a nice final finish here from Ken Roxon pulling off a win is, is going to at least help bring their grade up to a C. Um, and the reason being is it's nothing to do with Roxon really. I mean, you have Ken Roxon and he's doing okay. Um, he's not exceeding expectations of what he would be doing on a different team. Um, although he has elevated their team, but we have to look at everyone else. Chisholm's having one of his worst years in history. Makarath has not been anything special, although he's gradually getting a little bit better right now, but the field's also getting depleted. But then you go over and look in the 250 class, Marsha Welton's failed to make two main events. Um, he's sitting 18th in the East and he's getting beat by full-on privateers, Jeremy Hand and Harley, Hardy Munoz. Like he shouldn't be getting beat out by dudes out of like a van. Um, and then you look at Dylan Schwartz, he's sitting 17th on the West. He has made every main event. Um, he started off this season terribly with 2019-18, but he has did get his uh, best finish of a 13th, so maybe he's a little bit more of a bright spot. But really, other than the shining star of Ken Roxon getting a win, the whole team's been been pretty much a letdown this year. So a C for Hep Suzuki. C for Hep Suzuki. All right, moving on. Uh, that's a very unfortunate. They'll probably get uh, get they'll get a, a leather belt when they get home when they bring that thing home. That that is going to be a sad state of affairs. Let's move over to the green team. Team Green, not only uh, the the factory team, but also Pro Circuit Kawasaki. That was absolutely decimated with injuries. Uh, so we can only grade what has happened so far with that team. I can't. I don't think you can really uh, hold injuries against them. Debo, it's time for Superintendent Stevenson to break down the green guys well i know i think you can hold injuries against uh when it when, when you lose five of your six riders uh something's going on over there i mean it's not uh Ouch. not quite the decimation we've seen is you know we've not seen on any other team so i think there's got to take some type of responsibility whether it be the track they're riding on whether it be the the talks are having whether they're the, the heads the, the mindset these riders are in or something i'm not really quite sure i don't think anyone knows because it's, uh, I'm a big Mitch fan. Obviously, he, he sponsored me, did a lot of work for me over the years. Uh, Bones, everybody over there, Mitch, you know, it's just pro circuit's a rad, rad deal and what they've done. But they're struggling, man, right now. They, we all thought they were coming with guns ablazing, more experienced than, than Star and, and the other teams. And 
<clears throat> here they are. It was left, left with Cameron McAdoo and, and Chris Blose. Um, very disappointing uh, that that's what they came down to and everybody's got hurt. I, I can feel their pain. I know injuries suck. Um, and then with Jason Anderson, uh, again, we thought he was going to come in and be, be a championship contender, and he has not. He's ran fourth, fifth, and sixth predominantly most of the season. We don't have not seen the same flashes of greatness that we thought we were going to see and we saw last year. And then Adam Cianstrello, we knew he was coming in hurt. Um, again, he's, uh, he's just kind of just out there. And, and I'm glad he's out there because he's a, he's a big part of the sport and to get uh, a great finish last weekend. But again, uh, I can't give him any more than probably a, a C plus because, um, they don't have a win. Hep has a win. Um, but they got, you know, more success, a little depth deeper with seeing Sorello blows. And obviously, uh, McAdoo has been third every round and is, is, could get a win one day if there's a, if there's some type of explosion indoors and, uh, but yeah, I'm giving uh, the whole monster engine Kawasaki Pro Circuit 254-50 team a C plus right now. They're they are they are li- not living up to their expectations right now. For those keeping track at home, uh, so far this season, Jason Anderson is averaging averaging his qualifying. Uh, this is through the heat race, not during uh, the time qualifying. Is a four point four. He has no hole shots on the year. He is averaging his start around uh, uh, seven point one. And because they don't keep track of stats for uh, for triple crowns, he has zero laps led with an average finish of four point nine. Currently holds down fourth uh, in points. And if I'm not mistaken, he's not even that. Far Far ahead, he is only two points ahead of Ken Roxon uh, to slip to fifth in that same spot. Smash cut to last year, where his his qualifying actually very similar, four point six. His average start was three full positions better with a four point three. He had led hundred and thirty five laps last year. Of course, that's at the end of the season and an average finish of 4.4. Um, incredible to see. Obviously, he has a DNF in there. That, that's what's sort of throwing that off. But uh, And he also had seven wins last year. So uh, a pretty stark contrast from, from one year to the next for, uh, for, for Anderson. And that's why we have those expectations that we have on him so far this year. He hasn't been able to, uh, to basically rekindle or recapture what he, the success that he had from last year. Perhaps it's still there. Checker said that he's still hungry, so maybe he's he's able to, to 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 like grab hold of that down the stretch. But that'll be yet to be seen. Mister Checkers, you have Red Bull Factory KTM, and I'm going to grade this one um, based on the fact of my expectations for them coming into the season, and I'm going to go all the way to a B plus for them. And the reason being, you have Cooper Webb who. I mean, I, we'd all, all of us, I think on this, on this podcast has kind of given up on him coming into the season. Um, even being in the, the talks as a title contender, he's bounced back. He has the red plate two wins, seven to nine podiums. It been in the top five, every single race. Aaron Plessinger has had probably the best season of his career and he's just getting better, um, exceeding expectations. It's unfortunate. Marvin Muskan went out, but the rest of the team's doing so well that you haven't really noticed it. Um, Tom Vial, other than crashing out of Daytona, he's been in the top 10 every main event, best finish of a fourth, sitting eighth place in the points on the East, even after missing around. I think that's exceeding expectations for him of what we would expect from him in Supercross. Biggest thing is he's staying healthy, getting ready for that motocross championship. And the final one is Max Voland, which uh, would be, he's the weakest link on the team for sure. But again, Denny's going to yell at me because I'm going to say he showed flashes of brilliance. He's had two top fives. Um, unfortunately, he did miss a main event. But, but in my opinion, Max Voland is also much improved, sits eighth in the points on the West, and he has the rest of the season to 
continue to get better. I'm very high on the the Red Bull KTM team, and I'm giving them a B plus. Like this, they just own the end of the alphabet. They got Webb, Voland, and Vial. Like they're that that is the, like if they were graduating this year after these report cards, their names would be picked last. Um, but they're they, they're, they're, the they're, the, they're sitting in the back of the classroom. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. They're with me when I had my uh, my motocross action magazine stuffed in the back and learning absolutely fucking nothing. Uh, but that's totally fine. Still turned out okay, and I actually submit written uh, things to a website that publishes them for the world to see, and that still blows my fucking mind. Um, verb moto catch the fever. All right, janitor, janitor Stevenson, you have uh, star racing monster energy Yamaha. Well, as they said in Breakfast Club, the janitor knows everything. So uh, wow. I'll take that. Wow. <laughs> He's thinking on his feet. Uh, you, you, checkers, you're, think, you're, you're, in, you're in for it tonight because, yeah, De- Denny's actually firing on one cylinder. <laughs> yeah, blowing it up. Let's see. Uh, Monster Energy Star Yamaha is, is doing fantastic. Um, you know, Tomac obviously is crushing it this year. We thought he would. Ferrandis is, is doing pretty much what we thought he would. He was, we really didn't have many high expectations. And, but the 250 class, you know, I think we thought that uh, they got an old guy in Smith. They got a rookie in Deegan. Um, they really didn't uh, really didn't have that high, big of high expectations. I think we even talked at the beginning of the series that these guys were probably coming in under the radar more than they ever have because they usually have a lot bigger guns. And, and then look at Justin Cooper. Look at him coming in, doing phenomenal on the, on the 450, running top 10 in every round he was at. Um, I think they're doing great, as they've always done. They've got a great program. I've always believe to taking everything under one roof, moving it to Florida, I think is the greatest thing you can do. They get kind of, they're able to do things uh, that maybe some of the other Japanese and Austrian fa- factories cannot do because uh, the, the bosses at the, at the, at the head of the OEMs. And I think stars kind of stepped away and, and let uh, Keith McCarty and those guys have let these guys do what they want to do. And they're crushing it. So I'm giving, uh, I'm giving uh, uh, that star Yamaha team a B plus so right now. They still don't have any big, too many big wins in the 2D class. They got a couple, but um they're not going to win any titles, but I think Tomac still got in there. So I got a B plus for the Monster Energy Star Yamaha team. That's uh, not, not, not bad, not bad. And I'm going to give a, a shout out to, to Daxton Bennick going two for two in the uh, the Supercross Futures. Yeah, Moving yeah. things on to Principal Checks, who has the uh, the white KTMs, Rockstar Husqvarna. Um, well, I mean, the bright spot here has to definitely be RJ Hampshire. Um, being second on the West and and really the second and best their fastest guy. 450 guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but but he's he's beaten McAdoo um, three of three of four, I believe. So um, and honestly, he's closer to Jet than maybe I thought he would be, um, and has held it together more than I thought he would. So it's a big up for RJ Hampshire. Um, and also he jumps on the 450 at Daytona, puts it in the top 10, proves that that motorcycle is not what's holding guys back. Um, Malcolm is definitely a huge downer, um, and it sucks. I can't really blame it on the team. It's blaming on him for making mistakes and crashing and then being out. The one bright spot, he got his heat race win in San Diego in impressive fashion, and holy crap, has he been fast. Um, he was also a fast qualifier that day. But having him out, Christian Craig, he is eighth in points. He's got five top tens in a row now with the best finish of a seventh so at least he got over the hump he's building but right now he's he's still under performing i would say i mean he's probably right about right now where i expected him to be most of the year but a lot of people had higher expectations than me um talon hawkins his best finish was his 11th at his debut 
he got thrown in here early because the guy's getting hurt. But I mean, honestly, he's been a pretty big letdown. Um, he's barely making it into main events at times since 15th in points. And, and maybe the other bright spot is Casey Cochran, who they have to wait at least another full year before they're bringing him up. He's been running in the futures class as a B rider and, and been on the podium and has been super good. So at least they have that in their future. But I don't understand what it is with Rockstar Husqvarna guys in the 250 class not being able to get through whoops. But it has been absolutely ridiculous. And Hawkins is just another one. And um, I hope Cochran's learning because it's been terrible. I mean, I've been beating up on the Jalik Swole thing forever. And when Styles was there, he couldn't do it either. Um, so to give them a grade, I uh, – C plus, I guess, because of there's enough good with Craig and RJ to uh, to give them maybe a C plus. They're passing, but just barely. Fair enough. Well, for those who don't uh, pay attention to amateur racing, and I know more than a few podcasts who don't, uh, Casey Cochran uh, in the B class, uh, who uh, was actually racing against Daxon Bennett, who's actually in the A class, uh, both races, um, Cochran was able to take home the second place spot really, really strong in both those races. He's racing in the B class and has been absolutely unstoppable in the Texas two-step right now. They finished up in, uh, in Freestone. He grabbed two championships and he's well on his way to two more championships at underground ground right now and uh, fingers crossed he ends up showing up to the uh, world mini uh, which is hosted by verb moto uh, to brand it, they're finally bringing that race back it's at mesquite this year uh, april 6th through 9th uh, it's going to be a really cool format and uh, hopefully a few of those guys i think, I think jet reynolds is going to race it but uh, hopefully a few of the more west coast guys like uh, cochran end up showing up uh educational assistant slash student teacher Stevenson, you have the floor now with uh, with Red Bull, Gas Gas, uh, TLD. Complete side note, back in the day, uh, it's no surprise to anybody that I struggled with reading and writing uh, comprehension skills at a very young age. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was in French immersion for the first three years, but we're not going to get too much into that. But I did have a really, really hot uh, student teacher throughout my youngest years, and she had these really big boobs. And uh, I thank her a lot for my ability to uh, to read and write because if if she couldn't keep my attention for all that time, we might may not be doing this. So huge shout out to her. They were massive. They were they were really special. Like I I I think I got caught staring at them more than a few times. But go ahead, Denny. I'm sure that TLD guest guest team also has aftermarket top ends. Yeah, absolutely. I know, no, I 100 percent they do. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that, man. I tell you, you, you got to be on the front page of TMZ to keep this shit up. Um, <laughs> um, it's been a rough year for Red Bull TLD outside of Barsha. Barsha's been riding phenomenally, but um, I, I wasn't impressed when they re-signed Pierce Brown for two more years. Most of them, uh, he obviously, I think, came in with a, with a neck injury. There had to be something going on. We, we, we kept questioning it. Uh, Swap Moto did interview with him, and apparently he injured his neck, maybe fractured it or something in the offseason. And we've seen that. And, and the fact that he's out now, if you go back and watch that crash that they showed uh, last weekend when he crashed at, uh, at Daytona, he landed right on his head, kind of folded his head down a little bit. Um, they haven't said anything, but I, I guarantee it, it's re-aggravated that neck injury um, just from seeing the crash and what we've heard. He has not lived up to expectations, but if you're coming in hurt, it's hard to. But Pierce Brown. He's a great rider with great speed, but he can't stay off the ground if his life depended upon it. Um, he, I think that the Tweety class has been a pure wash for both those guys. What's a disappointment because it's a great team. Troy Lee puts together a great program. A huge fan of him, obviously. Uh, but Barsha's doing well. So 
I think we're back in the C grade even. I'm not even going to give him a C minus or a C plus. I think it's a straight C across the boards. And uh, um, and that's just pure Barsha. We've got one guy out of three doing well. So let's be honest, that's, uh, he's lucky to even get, he's lucky we're not in the Ds. <laughs> well, which, uh, we, we did make note of the fact go back that. To back there. I, I should have gave him a yes. double Ds. You should have given him a double D's, uh, D D D plus perhaps, um, Justin Barsha, I believe if you're, if I'm not mistaken, actually followed you on Instagram earlier this morning. Uh, you were probably uh, reading that notification while taking your morning piss. Um, but in, in all seriousness, you might want to uh, reach out to him via DM and ask him if his back is hurting from carrying the team every single weekend. Uh, it's been, uh, if they have a D, um, or, or even a, a, C, a C minus, it's because of Justin Barsha so far this year. All right, boys, it's time to dream on, get into that fantasy land and just sort of like drink it all in. Fantasy motocross is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, checkers, you know more about this stuff than I do, completely honest, because uh, whether it's the versus, uh, like the head-to-heads or uh, the the drafting and stuff like that, I am like, this is not where, where my, my forte uh, exists. So I'm going to hand things back to you, my friend. Yeah, so last week, um, if you guys tuned in, we we did our second half draft where we went through and Snake drafted four 450 riders and then um, three from each 250 region. I got the first draft pick because I got absolutely demolished in the f- uh, first half of the season and demolished mostly because of injuries when I had to replace seven of 10 spots um, with injuries. But we kicked off segment two in Indy and I have a fresh new team and fresh hopes and I took the win, but not without yet another injury as Michael Moseman decided to sit on the sideline. So if you look over here, actually, I look on our spreadsheet that I'm sharing, um, the red means injury. Uh, my first half, I had pretty much all red all across my thing. Um, Moseman was replaced with Colin Park, and now I have eight replacement riders on the year now. And um, But I got 121 points last week with my team, and you can see each of our teams over here. Brad? You beat Denny at least, but you did it without Colt Nichols. We had a rule in place that if you hired a rider that was already on the sidelines, um, that you didn't get them back. They just chose not to race. Um, so you were without Nichols and Debo, 107 points minus Ferrandis. Um, and believe it or not, the reason Denny has such a big lead as he has 1,102 points to Brad's 1,013 and my 991 is because that's Debo's first injury of the year. Um, Brad's whole 250 East team got wiped out before the opening round. And as I've board started, yeah, mine. So I, I um, am pro circuit. I'm all of those. I am like, I represent the jerseys behind me. <laughs> we have a lot of ground to make up, but with Debo getting last place, it at least helps a little bit. Um, we'll see if this string can continue and we'll continue to monitor it. And I just, I'm tired of replacing riders. So guys, would you quit crashing and getting hurt? Yeah, well, you, you said before the draft you were afraid to even take some of your favorite riders because it's become like the Sports Illustrated cover uh, curse or the Madden cover curse. Uh, if Checkers takes you on your team, you're guaranteed to go down, and you've definitely had a lot of injuries. This is my first one, and let's be honest, I, I hired Frannis on purpose thinking that uh, he was only going to be out about a week, and uh, Frannis looks like he's going to be out for a while now with, uh, with, the, with an injury and concussion protocol still and then pushing forward. So I think next week that me and Checkers – for me and Brad will be able to probably replace Nichols and Frannis with another rider. But until then, yes. head into head into Detroit and uh, and Checkers has got a full team ahead. That is correct. 
And uh, yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting. So now, uh, Denny, um, this is moving into the Moto360.com. And if you're not already playing, everybody, you need to go do that. It is a salary-based league that is so much fun to play, even if I'm extremely bad at it. And I got out of last place, absolutely crushed it this last weekend, uh, and was able to uh, pass someone who probably did not submit I would use crush it loosely. Crushed it loosely. I, I usually do. Uh <laughs> Regardless, um, yeah, I, I, let, let's uh, let's throw it over to Debo to uh, break down this. Uh, um, we have we have some uh, some head to head tournaments starting this weekend. Yeah, I like to do. I like to make games within the games. You know, I want to make everybody have a chance to to, to get their money's worth. Um, you know, between outside of winning McGrath's gear, outside of winning the, the bike and whatnot. Um, each last two seasons, I've done a, a head-to-head March Madness. I love March Madness college basketball. I think it's one of the most exciting uh, tournaments, games, seasons, whatever, a month of, of any sport. <clears throat> so I do a 64-man invitational. Uh, a lot of it's on Facebook, a lot of people on there, a lot of the top Princeton teams, a lot of the today. OGs. And some friends who bribed me to get in because we have not been doing well. I don't even know how I got in a damn tournament. I think I'm in like 89th overall. So we got 64 64 teams going head to head this weekend. Um, it's a fun tournament. The winner wins a boxing trophy. The first year Checkers won it. He went undefeated through the whole round. And we used to do it a double elimination tournament. You, just, you had to lose twice before you eliminated. Checkers didn't lose one time. Went all the way through the thing. Won it. Won the trophy. Last year, our friend Nick Tesbert, Tezuka on the site. Uh, he won himself the trophy as well. And this year we're going to single elimination, one and you're done, baby. So uh, a good, another fun game within the game. The winner will take home the trophy and the title of head-to-head March Madness Battle Royale champion. And, I, and am, am I mistaken or am I facing off against uh, the, the red plate holder, uh, Checker's sister? <laughs> yes, you definitely are. Um Brad, you're one of the guys that uh, must have bribed Denny to get in because you definitely didn't qualify. Um, no. I believe that you're in 160th place um, That's right. on the site. Um, That's and he said it was 64 teams. So somewhere doing the math, I believe I was the only one actually that was in the top 64 out of the three of That's us correct. to yes. actually qualify. 53rd, by the way. <laughs> um, so you know what that means also is I'm kicking your asses. And guess what? I kicked your asses again last week. Um, I went with a little different strategy. I haven't gone this many hot riders maybe ever and MotoExtreme360.com. And by the way, Hot Riders are red on the screen. And if they get in the top 10, they get a I'm 10 going point all price. red this week, by the way. Otherwise, otherwise, they just get their normal points, which usually isn't very good. Um, and that really actually hurt my team last week. Even though I beat you guys, I had 11th, 12th, and 13th in the 250 class. If you guys remember back to the pregame show, I was highlighting Owen, Miller, Hicks, saying all oh, those guys could be really good picks. Really look at those guys. Well, they almost were really good picks. Uh, they just turned out to be average picks. And then to top it off, I also had Josh Hill in 11th in the 450 class, missing out on the 10-point bonus. But Nate Thrasher, Cooper Webb, put her on the podium as well. Um, Christian Craig hits the bonus. Justin Hill hits the bonus. So I had a pretty good week and kicked your guys' butts. Debo, how'd your team do? Um, I was very much like you. Um, in the fact that uh, I was, I had 11th place, um, Chase Owen, I had ninth place Colin Parks. So that got me some good points. Jeremy Hand was 16th, so that was a little bit disappointing. But then Nate Thrasher got me a second. So uh, it was pretty good. I think the 2D class was uh, pretty much what I could have expected. I got a hot guy. I uh, got me 10 points in Park. Just missed it, Owen, obviously. And then the 4 class, I was very just like you, man. I had – well, when Chase Sexton is your high money guy, 
and he crashes when he's in second and ends up 10th. And in the process of getting 10th, he takes out your 11th place team who, uh, who I got, uh, I had 9, 10, 11, 12 was my team in a 480 last week. So I know the feeling of just missing it. I mean, if Chase could have just gotten 11, just let Josh, he'll get 10th. I would have got 10 more points, or at least nine more points, uh, which, you know, a little bit of points here just can just astronomically shoot you up to the standings. So I went with Webb, or not Webb, Hill, Wilson, Hill, and that was 9, 12, and 11th, and then Chase Sexton, who got me a 10th. So um, as soon as you know that your highest money guy goes down, you know your team's pretty much shot because you based everything on that guy, and that's kind of what I did. Took it in the shorts. Well, um, unfortunately, uh, like for when it comes to my team, like the guys I picked were a lot different than yours. And that's, I think why I did so poorly. Um, <laughs> me playing fantasy more, like more across with you guys is a lot like when a, a young child wants to play a board game with the adults and you don't fully understand the ga- the rules of the game and you're just sort of throwing stuff out there. And what the result is um, being basically decimated by by many like this is not a game where you can make up a lot of points week in week out and i i hemorrhage points to you guys in a boatloads on a regular basis it is uh both demoralizing and uh sort of reminds me of uh if there was a kid that's maybe slower or maybe not as in shape as his friends and they're all kind of take off and he's like wait for me guys uh that's how i play motocross fantasy um that's basically how moto moto x360.com goes for me i'm looking to try and change that around this week what's up (laughs) let me let me give you a piece of advice and really help you out okay Hey, I picked the winner. I picked Ken Roxon on my team. Fuck you guys. I have (laughs) one piece of advice for you, and it will completely change your life and at least make it not as miserable. You have to at least select riders who are at the race to get you points. Who did I pick? You have Michael Moseman, um, which wasn't even a cheap pick. It's not like it's a guy that was like $7. You wasted a lot of money on Michael Moseman who didn't even show up in at the race. So if you take that one piece of advice... Um, it'll it'll make things a little bit better for you at least. You might still I, suck, but I, maybe you can get to twenty first. And I uh, I email out reminders, you know, Thursday night. Friday, I, I, I honestly Saturday. the last week I, instead of fucking around with my team, I said it when we did our show, and then I didn't open it again. So that's on me. Yeah, yeah, that's on you for sure. It's all I on you. Send out, I sent out a cheat sheet <laughs> on Saturday after the qualifying day, after the qualifying race day live. Uh, that kind of gets a cheat sheet shows all the salaries, the riders where they're ranked one through thirtieth with the qualifying. So, um, yeah. If you can't figure You're it a out, cheat sheet. Yeah, well, I, let's be honest. Those cheat sheets are probably the most damaging thing you can do. You start following, chasing lap times. You know, Chase Sexton, mm. fast guy in practice, gets a fucking tenth in the main. Yeah, he's going to win a national title, isn't he? Supercross title, twenty twenty three. Chase Sexton. Mm. Well, either way, I'm letting you guys know right now the winning team. 250 class, Cullen Park, Jace Owen, Hardy Munoz, and Talon Hawkins, 450 class, Christian Craig, Justin Hill, Dean Wilson, Shane McElrath. That is possibly, they are all red. I don't know if you guys know, but there's an amateur team, uh, Jace Allred, I believe, or Ty Allred. Uh, They, uh, yeah, my team is very much like them, all red. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to win or lose. But I'm 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 risking it for the biscuit, so we'll see. Just fucking risk Jesus, take the, the wheel. Biscuit. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we didn't want to hear any advice from Brad anyway, since he's so far down. We don't we don't want to mislead no. you guys. But I'm actually looking at these for the first time right now, and there are not a lot of um, hot riders that actually jump out at me that 
I could see getting in the top 10. Um, what about the guys than, I picked? Other than Colin Park and Cody Shock up here, who are very, very expensive. And I don't think that they're guaranteed top 10 guys. So I might be looking more at something like a Blosen Vial type type base for my team and then um, spending maybe a little bit more and going after a, dare I say, a Jordan Smith <laughs> and then maybe a maybe an Anstey or a Hunter Lawrence, depending on the 450 side. But I don't see a ton of hot value here in this this 250 field. Um, I mean, Hardy Munoz does have one top 10 finish, but I'm not spending that much money on him thinking he's going to get another um jeremy han's been okay but i don't see him getting a top 10 the one guy that maybe i would look at here to potentially get that top 10 would be welton but i mean honestly he's been he's been pretty rough this season um i'm not seeing a lot of a lot of hot value there denny do you see any 250 class um who are your guys i guess that you would want to take a look at in 250 class well it's tough you know because uh especially if you took guys last week like you took guys to 11 12 13 last weekend so those are your fringe riders that you'd want to take this week um, and then, like you said, Colin and, and, and Cody are, are very pricey. It's five seventy-eight dollars and $550,000 and aren't guaranteed top tens. But uh, something I always recommend, <clears throat> you look at how many of the non-hot riders are, are racing this weekend or how many are there. There's obviously one, two, three, four, five, six. Hymas is out. Most of them is probably out. So we're looking at eight riders right now who are the top guys in the points with Blois and Viali uh, as well behind Hayden, Martin, Smith and uh, the top three on the, on the board. And so that's going to open up two spots. You know that there's going to be at least two spots available, if not more, if one of those guys goes down and makes a mistake. So um, you want to find those fringe guys. But like, again, you, if you took them last week, as you did, and as I did in the four video class, you're going to be kind of fucked looking for stuff. Um, I think Cody Shock's obviously a good, a good risk possibly um, because you kind of look at the risk or reward. If he gets a 10th or 11th, if you go someone like Viale, he got an eighth last week. So is that really that much of a value difference in uh, in points it's not really so um but someone like jordan smith he's still very affordable i think he's still got some wins under his belt um as, as thrasher did there's this the, you can see how close the salaries are between thrasher jordan smith jmar and and hayden there's only twenty two thousand dollars separating those two and that's because they're basically on top of each other in points for the third spot on on in the points overall so um the, the salaries reflect that right now I think you got to look a little deeper into the field, maybe something like Miller again, Michael Hicks. Um, Luke Neese didn't have a great week last week because he was coming back from injury, but I think he's gotten a, a little bit better. Uh, Neese was the rider that uh, hit the wall in the first turn last weekend, actually. So, ah, oh, that's right. That's what, yes, happened, exactly. And Brock Poppy, uh, Brock Poppy, he's uh, he was been riding really well, had some great results. Uh, Hunter almost landed on him or did it, obviously, when he was lapping him, broke his clutch lever off, and, and Brock ended up at 20th. I don't think that's a true reflection of what he's capable of, but he's down there at $100,000. I think it's a great value. Devin Simonson, he did not qualify last week, but he had some good results prior to that. He's at 85,000. And then you got old Jack Chambers, the man I'd say I'd rather marry a monster girl than try and take Jack Chambers again. And he is down there at $43,000, but the kid is fast. He gets great qualifying results, um, but he's only been in the main event one time. So he's very dangerous. Uh, AJ Cantazero, He's he's he lays down some serious great times in qualifying, but he's the type of guy like you've talked about. He doesn't always put all 100% into all 15 minutes plus one lap, and he's running around usually 19 to 21st or 22nd. And you're getting I don't know four to three points, but at fifty thousand dollars, that's a great deal. And you got Lane Allison made his first main event last weekend, got an 18 for three points. He's now up in the salary range about thirty six thousand dollars. So um, if you're going to take someone up there like Cody Shock and those guys, 
you're gonna have to look a little bit deeper in the field. And I think uh, get riders like Brack Poppy, maybe Simonson, maybe Natsuki uh, might be a good price and Luke Nees. So uh, gotta look deep, look at those double digit numbers. Is Nees still hurt? Uh, no, he had a, like his foot looks super bruised and stuff, but he was fine last weekend. As far as racing, it was just literally, I mean, he made the main event, just got pushed off the outside of the first turn into the wall. So he got while we're talking about injuries, just for one second, one second, do you guys, did you guys hear about, uh, Bubba Polly's thumb? Uh, I heard it was ripped off. How did that happen? He lost it from here onward and is now at the ICU and is literally like they reattached it. They've had to try it twice and he legitimately has leeches, actual fucking leeches trying to get blood flow to the damn thing. I heard you, did not like, you better have a you better have a strong stomach if you look at his IG page. I heard I have not. Lost. Holy like crap! That's gnarly, very gnarly. Obviously. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No. I'll go back to being quiet during the fantasy part. <laughs> go ahead and go. Uh, Four fifty guys that you want to highlight if you want to, Denny. Um. I. You know. Obviously. The. You know. Adam C and Sorello, Christian Craig are still hot right now, uh, due to the fact that they're they're what ninth and tenth, I think, in points. Um, and there's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's only seven guys racing possibly in the four video class who are in the top seven in points. Uh, Cooper's out, Muskin's out, Ferrandez is out, Stewart's out, Savachi's out. So, um, Steen Sorello and, and Christian Craig are, are, are possible good hot riders, but they are expensive. If you're going to take two of them, that's a big chunk of your money. And again, someone like myself i took josh hill dean wilson and justin hill last week they finished ninth 11th and 12th those are my fringe uh hot riders so i'm gonna have to look deeper into the pack and i'm gonna have to look at someone maybe like cartwright maybe starling or Nor- norin that uh that won't get me t- uh, good chance they will not get top tens and they will not give me the 10 point bonus but they'll give me some kind of points because if i'm going that expensive with those two guys up there i better hope they give me the 10 point bonuses otherwise i am fucked so um Someone like Starling, I think it's good. I think he's been riding better and better. Uh, I think you're gonna have to look for someone underneath the hundred thousand dollar mark. Norin, we know can ride. If he gets in the main event, we know he'll lay down twenty minutes plus one lap. Uh, he's been, just been struggling getting that main event, but he had a solid fifteenth last week for eight points, which would be nice. Clausen has not really put things together. Um, Josh Cartwright again, but nineteenth. You got to get someone who's getting that fifteen to sixteen range, and that's again Kevin Morant at sixteenth, but one hundred thirty-one thousand dollars. It's a big chunk of change when you're spending nearly $1,400 or $1.4 million on two riders already. So uh, what do you got checks? What do you think? Well, I mean, definitely looking at it and I think you have to almost assume that Christian Craig and Adam Cianciarillo will be in the top, top 10 and they'll hit their bonus. Um, I'm really in a situation where I only can take one of them with Craig being out. So I can pretty much guarantee I'm going to find a way to get AC on my team. It's basically a cheaper way to hopefully get 26 points. Um, or, or potentially more. I think the other one that really hurts right now is Justin Hill because he's all just short of, or just a little bit more than half the price of those guys. And I also think he's most likely going to be in the top 10. He's gotten much better. He's much improved. If he's available to you and he's not on your team, I think you're an idiot. Um, I may look at Dean Wilson. Honestly, I, he's been right there. He hasn't gotten it done, but he's been right there. I've got to hope to get lucky and get him into a top 10 um chiz finally had his best race and i mean if i'm going between morans and chisholm that's it or even bloss 
Boss might have a little bit more upside. Maybe he's a gamble that you want to take, but I'm taking Kyle Chisholm because I think I'll get consistent points because once he's in the main, he's going to finish the main and not crash out. I most likely will take a gamble on Cade Clayson this week. Um, he's your buddy. I don't know. I was actually, I, as I'm saying that, um, Freddie Noren has had better main event results and pretty close to the same salary. The thing with Cade is he's riding really, really well. He's going fast. He's been hitting the ground more than ever. Um, and so you got to gamble on, well, maybe he's cheap and puts it together. Um, he's to the point where I, I mean, he should be in the main event every single weekend, even at the beginning of the year, the way he was riding. So those are some of my, my guys to really look at. It is very interesting right now that Cooper Webb is now the most expensive guy, but it's not much more than Tomac. Um, but there is a good gap to Sexton. And I mean, we talked about Sexton's in a must win but you gamble like you did last weekend and Sexton's the one that can potentially finish off the podium um, at the last kind of not last minute, but the last minute on my Thursday team, I made changes to be able to jump from Sexton up to web because of the consistency, uh, because I'm more looking to not lose and have a guy get a 10th like Sexton with crashing. Um, I was more into the, the Cooper web thing and it, and it paid off exactly like that. Um, we just talked, we've talked about a bunch Barsha, fastest guy he's the cheapest guy that i think can be on the podium um aaron plessinger i think can be maybe at the top of a fourth so those are the guys that that i'm looking at i'm going to try to whip through a prelim team if you want to if you have yours ready you want to present that denny well a funny thing about dean wilson and you know who's not a big fan of dean wilson he gave a pretty honest interview recently talking about the anxiety he's dealing with 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 the injuries he's had some pretty uh, extreme injuries obviously with the foot peg and and whatnot and a little uh, gun shy he's yeah, justifiably so. And it's just, yeah, and he is uh, he is yet to make a top ten finish. He's been on the cusp every round. I think I I take Dean every time every every other weekend because he can't hire the same rider every weekend. And uh, he is currently uh, in ninth in points with the best finish of two elevenths, three twelfths, a couple fourteenths, and uh, one thirteenth and a fifteenth. So he's right on that cusp of the bubble. Um, you know, I think that there's obviously three open spots, maybe two, maybe one. I'm hoping Dean can get up there. I don't have him this week, but I think he's always a great rider to, to take. I think he's a, a great salary. And with Tomac and Sexton getting an eighth and 10th, uh, they dropped their averages. So their salaries have obviously gone down a little bit. So they're probably more affordable than they've been all year long, uh, especially Chase. Uh, and, it, and according to you, he's going to rebound and win this weekend. So um, <laughs> obviously Chase might be a good value. Uh, and, and for him because he is at, at $750,000. I think that's the cheapest he's been all season long. Um, I'm still working on my team. Obviously I've, I've got five hot riders. I've got $1.1 million to try and fill three spots left. It has been a challenge. Uh, what is the latest on Benny Bloss? Has anyone heard? I, I didn't see him on the racetracks injury report, but he did crash early and I don't think he, he raced the rest of the night. I don't believe did anyone hear anything about him. No, he crashed out of that race and then didn't ride, but um, you have to keep an eye on maybe practice times for that one to see. I mean, that would be a lot of value there in the 450 class if you can get Benny Bloss because, I mean, he legitimately could get a top 10. Like, I I don't oh yeah, I don't believe that he could. Chances in this field, if, if Justin Hill can get a top 10, he can get a top 10. Um, well, now uh, just... I, I don't even think I'm going to be able to give you guys a Thursday team while we're on this or we're going to be sitting on this thing forever. So um, it's it's really tough with the big gap, I think, in the 450 class. And the more data we have, the harder it is because the salaries start to get more where they're probably supposed to be and the results are more predictable. So um, 
I don't know. We'll be here all night if I try to do this because I'm moving guys around and I'm not finding a team I like still. So, well, uh, yeah, if, you know, have... if you want to know who to avoid, which is the guys on my team, you pick Cullen team Park, you Jay Sowen, Hardy Munoz, Talon Hawkins. Christian Craig, Justin Hill, Dean Wilson, and Shane McElrath. That will is what's going to add up for at least third within these three, um, and possibly twenty third in the Big MX Radio League. Where I think if you if you add yourself right now, you still might be able to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you pass in a big radio, a big, big uh, MX Radio? If you're not, I don't know, but I guarantee they did not. They did not uh, submit a team. Or maybe they had uh, they had Mosman too. I bet. I believe. I'm gonna look. You guys continue um, chatting. Well, it's I was actually pulling it up already, Brad, to, to check it out. So um, you can go ahead and start doing the wrap up, and I will have the answer for you as we're doing that. All right, guys. Well. Appreciate everybody who took the time to uh, to listen and watch this episode of the Big MX Radio. Detroit Supercross pre pregame show. This was so much fun. Um, I, I really enjoy it every time we get an opportunity to uh, to do this. Denny, thank you so much for making the time for this. It looks like uh, at the very beginning of the show, you were worried about glare and uh, the sun being in your eyes. But now I think uh, the biggest worry of yours is the uh, the insect life around Arizona um, being drawn towards your laptop at this point, because I'd imagine that uh, it, it is getting quite dark over there. It is pitch black. Uh, it's lovely, beautiful weather. It's nice to sit outside and talk to you guys. Uh, obviously, been doing it in a smaller room in, in Omaha back home during the winter. It's been beautiful out here seeing my mom and her husband, Jerry, and uh, just hanging out with my son, Riley. So thank you again for having me. Checkers, you've been phenomenal. Brad, you've been great. And uh, everybody that's listening, uh, we really appreciate you tuning in and, and taking your time. because We really enjoy this, and we love having a good time and, and, and bringing our, our arguments, our stories, and a little bit of trash talk to all you guys. So thank you for listening. Absolutely echo those statements. Uh, really thought that um, that Checkers was going to bring his A game. He he talked a big game about that, and and uh, he was kind of peacocking around and, and talking about all these facts and stats. And I, for one, was disappointed in the whole deal, deal. But I think the show as a whole went off quite well. And uh, once we hang up on this thing, we're going to talk about it. But uh, um, Checkers, uh, I'm disappointed, but uh, I appreciate your time nonetheless. Well, I didn't have to say much when Denny says so much wrong stuff that's obviously wrong he just proves himself wrong i mean at one point he maybe maybe could have won an argument and he gave me the win still so uh thanks for waving the white flag danny we're gonna see a chase sexton win this weekend we're gonna see chris blows getting in the top five it's going to be amazing (laughs) and you know what else we're gonna see a whole lot of action from the hardy party baby let's go to detroit absolutely thanks everyone for watching we'll be back next week